0: Yeah. I want to win championships, I want to win bowl games, and what else a better place to do it than your sitting. Oh, no. yeah.
1: The power of home represents something. The DMV, like, you try to explain it to people that aren't from there, and it's hard to explain
0: it. That thing we talked about, Maryland pride, is real. And today, we're gonna play with Maryland pride. He's to go! Touchdown, Maryland! The Terrapins have won last shot at winning this game three seconds two seconds one second throws it off Money! and he got it and the Tarquins win at the buzzer oh stevie francis showtime. Oh, no! what a What holy cow maryland hits the road to beat penn state maryland pulls off the upset they have defeated number one and the celebration is on the kids have done it. Maryland wins their first ever national championship, holding up Indiana, 64 to 52. And let's listen and look at the celebration. Let's go! Billings! Let's go! Billings! Let's go! Let's go,
1: let's go, let's go Be not afraid of greatness. Some are born great. Some achieve greatness. Others host college sports and recruiting podcasts.
2: You're listening to IMS
1: Radio at InsideMarylandSports.com. Your hosts: Jeff Ehrman, Paul Douglas, and Larry France.
3: How you doing, fellas? It's been a week, Lawrence. It's been a week. <laughs> that intro still do it for you?
1: Yeah, it's nice. It's real nice. It
3: still does for me too. Thought today we'd lead with the biggest story. Out there right now, the three and O Baltimore Orioles. Who would have thought it?
1: They say they say that there are no miracles in the world, and yet the What's Orioles, going? the Orioles, with a sweep in their first series. How about that?
3: What is going on? Just kidding, just kidding. I know everybody's like, "All right, Larry, you, you got your joke in." Okay, good.
1: <laughs> move along. <laughs> yeah.
2: Well, they're waiting for you to talk about uh, Danny Miller, Danny Miller's history. They're waiting for the...
1: Dan- Daniel, Daniel Miller. We will do that. Since you
3: said it, do you want to go into the bracket challenge? Because...
2: We gave you a little bit too much latitude on this. I must say, young man, I'm yeah. very disappointed in you. Because the guy who won it texted me today and said, I can't believe I won it. I have Illinois winning it all. It, it is. I was just gonna on say my scoring system, buddy. Well, listen. He well, did. you
1: did you did the upset scoring, right? Where you yeah. where like, had the way points. out of control, yeah. way
2: out of control with the upset point. I have three of the four Final Four, and I think I'm like seventieth.
3: Yeah. So we can go through it. I, I I did all the research. Sean Miller has clinched, even though he has Illinois. He's eight points ahead of the second place person, who's Shane Connolly. Who has Gonzaga Gonzaga sorry. I'm to the I local what Gonzaga. I Do I Gonzaga? Yeah I'm Gonzaga for the it's Gonzaga college. What's for college. Well high school's Gonzaga. The local WCC team is Gonzaga.
2: So the college is probably Gonzaga also.
3: Though. No, it's Gonzaga. really Yes, they're different: I
2: feel like Gonzaga sounds a little more uppity like Gonzaga. I have
1: okay. a di- very different name for the high school Gonzaga, but I can't say that on a Because they're like, show.
3: we're one of your arch rivals, right? No, they are the arch rival.
1: They're it. right? Yeah. yep.
3: So Sean Martin has eight-point lead, and Shane Connolly, eight points behind, can get one point for the victory, uh, one point for his seed bonus, because Gonzaga is a one seed, and six points for winning in the sixth round. Seven points he can get within one point he can't win. And everyone else behind Shane Connolly all have Gonzaga. Gonzaga, sorry. So he's clinched second. So even before the final game, number one and number two are decided. Congrats to Sean Martin, first place. He'll get a one-year premium membership to Inside Maryland Sports, and Shane Connolly will get six months. To- Here's what I'm saying, Larry.
2: Not only did he win with having the wrong national champion, he had with a national champion that got booted like four months ago.
1: It and should be did. an automatic disqualification, is what we're but saying. Right? But we're whatever. not gonna do that.
2: You must he have did so well. When you sent us your proposed scoring system, I was just like, Yeah, that's cool. Whatever. I didn't I barely because I love upsets, It's my thing in the tournament. Like who picks picking chalk is so boring. Like I, I hate that. But right. still Everything in mind Why should he
3: be penalized for destroying the entire field in the first and second round? He beat the –
2: national champion lost on, like, the second, third okay. day. It was. But
3: you're picking 63 games. That's one. Does he, does he have the rest of the three in the final four? I don't I know. Agree. I don't probably know, the
1: but – No, he, he had, probably had UCLA or something, and that alone is probably enough right, to like, blow him out. He shouldn't be penalized
3: for that. He did so well in the first couple rounds. He built such a big lead. The field came back, but... All right, well, there's going to be more oversight about, uh, <laughs> over
2: you next year, okay? So just be prepared.
3: I, like you said, before I finalized it, I gave you guys both the choice. I said there's three different options we can yep. come with here. One is just straight one point for every win. One is a point per each round. You can escalate per round 1.248, 32 points. The final, there's a few permutations, but... We went with this and congratulations.
2: The fallacy, the fallacy in your in your logic there is that I that I look at stuff like that.
0: that okay,
1: well look. Yeah, I mean, we were lucky that Jeff even got his bracket in frankly given past experience. So, I mean, look, this to me this feels like one of those things where like I actually love the idea of the upset scoring. It keeps it interesting. It's just this is kind of a fucked-up year, and things went crazy. So what are you going to do? Give the but guy, he, give the, give the guy yeah. his year and uh, and pat him on the back, and we'll try again next year.
3: Yes, and if the scoring were different, he may have picked differently. So give him the credit.
1: No, he didn't pick Illinois as the winner because because uh, of their seed. So, <laughs> no,
3: but the other games he may have picked differently. You don't know that. Fair.
1: That's fair. That's fair.
3: Anyway, he oh, earned fair it. Enough. Let's go through the rest of the picture real quick. We got a few minutes before our guest today – Mr. Dwayne Simpkins, yes, one of my favorite Terps. I love that whole era. Stags. Yeah, he went to De- – you can't hold that against him, just like you can't hold Illinois against Sean
1: Martin. You know, he's- Actually, I, I can. <laughs> I can't do anything about it, but I can definitely hold it against him.
3: The rest of the finishers in the tournament, Phil Hartman, who we've been keeping track of the whole time, finished 41st. Not bad, Phil Hartman. And each week I've been – Pointing out one very popular, well-known poster on the board this week. I picked Sam Ladder, a.k.a. Slatter. Slatter. On the message board. He runs the NFL Survivor Pool here. And he is – okay, I am recording. Sorry, I stopped. (laughs) I wasn't recording. Okay, he runs the NFL Survivor Pool every year. Which I won two years ago, by the way. First place was a lot of money. It's pretty good. <laughs> Thirty seven hundred.
1: Yep. Me Did you declare that on your taxes, Lawrence?
3: Yeah, because my wife's an accountant. Ah. Every gambling win I have, we report every penny. Well played. It would be way more costly for her to lose her licenses than <laughs> to save the so we just report it. For me, money's like just a scoreboard, and I, it's more for fun and entertainment. I do want to win, obviously, but so it's more makes more sense to. So Mia Khalifa, seventy fourth, Jeff Ehrman, an eighty third, not bad. And you, if Baylor wins, you pick Baylor. You'll jump into the fifties. I checked.
2: If if Baylor wins, which when people are watching this, they will have already known for the most part or when they're listening, whether Baylor won, obviously. But if Baylor wins, I will have the national champion and three of the final four, and I will have finished in the 50s.
3: Sucks for you. Because other people did a better job making their picks than you did. You probably
1: picked a bunch of Big Ten teams.
2: Uh, I went kind of – I had a 50-50 on them because I felt like a lot of them were going to lose. And then I was – I've said this already. When I looked at the matchups, I thought a lot were going to lose. I was like the Ken Palm thing just just changed my mind. I was like, no, this conference is too good. They're going to win these. And then they dunk it up.
3: Len Elmore in 122nd. He made a jump there at the end. Pretty good for him. Paul Douglas, 135th. You jumped over me. Good finish for you. 153rd for me. Yucky, Chris Naki one sixty sixth. Ouch! Our buddy Daniel Miller, and for those of you who don't know who Daniel Miller is, so <laughs> when, stop, no. someone, stop. Someone, stop. Yucky, stop the fight!
1: They're, stop they're the fight, on. man! Throw in the towel.
3: Danny Miller two hundred eighth, and if you want, to go listen to one <laughs> of the previous two episodes. I explained it. What about Walt? Did Walt make a run? No, Walt didn't fill out his bracket. He finished and tied for 253rd with the other people who didn't fill out the bracket. He entered, but didn't fill it out. And then, in very last, someone named PB Team, and their bracket was so – I opened the look at it. I was like, wow. That was – you had to try. Was
1: it bad, or were they just trying to game the the upset stats? Because that wouldn't surprise me. Somebody – to maybe and they just shot picked
3: wrong, where Sean Miller did the same thing and got lucky. Yeah, mm-hmm. maybe, maybe something like that. Pretty much. Maybe something like that. As I said, our guest today, so congratulations, everybody. As I said, our guest today, Dwayne Simpkins. He is the associate head coach, not assistant, associate head coach for George Mason. I think under the previous coach, he was an assistant and has gotten a little promotion under Kim English to associate head coach. When I'm gonna start us off, that's the first thing I'm gonna ask him. Just give us a little logistical info here. What's the difference between assistant and associate? I think I got a good idea, but we're gonna let him explain it. He is at Coach D. Simpkins on Twitter, and he is he's from that era. I I love everybody from that era. I have such fondness for them because if you lived through the late 80s, if you were following the Terps and you're a Terp fan when the death penalty happened. It was so bad, so, so bad. People feel like they're living through territory right now. This is nothing. When Maryland got the death penalty, they not only gave Maryland a two-year ban, they pushed it out a year. And then the year that supposedly they didn't have it, they didn't select them for the tournament when they were actually qualified and should have been selected, effectively making it a three-year ban. They couldn't be on television and therefore couldn't play in the ACC tournament. It was crazy.
1: Yeah, people can't even imagine how bad that was because they haven't done it to another program of of Maryland's size since then.
3: Yeah, so bad. And Dwayne Simpkins, Johnny Rhodes, X-Ray Hip, Mario Lucas, and Nemanja Petrovic came in. They were the first class to come in and really put faith in Gary and breathe life back into the program. And... I really believe all the the, the final fours and national championship, these guys deserve a piece of that. They're the ones who kicked it all back off. And so f- for that, I have an amazing amount of love and respect. And They built the foundation. Yeah, they did. And then the year after was Joe and Keith making that amazing starting five. I watched. I'm also going to ask him about his game, the game where Maryland beat Georgetown and Simpkins had the layup. Over Othello Harrington, and I watched that clip. And in that clip, in the last minute, playing on the court, Jeff, Nick, Bosnick,
1: <laughs> brought
3: up a few like Kevin Bacon. He was it. He's in that back. clip. If you go to YouTube and you search for Maryland Georgetown nineteen ninety three, what an amazing game! And that was the. Getting, watching that
2: game, was That was the
3: beginning be of all of it.
2: Maybe thirteen years old. And I liked both teams. I like Maryland a little more at that point. What year was that? 91 or not 91? 3.
3: 93. It was oh, no. Thanksgiving oh, no. it Day.
2: On. I was 16.
3: It was either Thanksgiving Day or the day after because I was having things. My parents were divorced, so I, I don't remember if it was the actual day or which parent I was with, right? It was on, over Thanksgiving holiday because we were having having dinner. And I remember we're watching that game and my family's pissed off because I had it on. We're watching it. And I was running laps around the house going crazy after they won that game. It was pretty amazing. That was, that was a big turning point for the program right there. Huge turning point. Paul, do you remember that?
1: Yeah. The thing was with me was, you know, obviously knowing that um, that Simpkins was a math guy and I didn't really have any connections. You know, my parents didn't go to college or anything. So, um, I didn't have any really connections to Maryland at that time, but I did have a connection to Matha because my dad went there. So I kind of followed Dwayne uh, to Maryland, started watching Maryland really for the first time religiously. I mean, anybody who was alive, you know, kind of would catch a game here and there or whatever uh, back in the eighties, even when they were in trouble. Um, but that was the first time I started really, really paying attention to them and following the program. And it really, that class, especially Johnny X and Dwayne, like felt like they were the guys to give them their first bit of hope. Like, like you could really turn this corner out of this death penalty. And when Joe and Keith came in, it it went from like, okay, maybe they can get to the tournament this year, to like, watch out. Because yeah, I, I I think immediate that might have been the year when they went and I don't know if they beat because I think they played um, uh, Calipari's UMass. Uh, um, UMass twice I think one time they beat them one time they lost I don't remember which was which but um but they were good with Marcus Candy, and like they were an elite team and Maryland was kind of announcing yes yeah, so yeah. that was that was the
2: 93 go ahead Jeff Carmelo Travieso and Dante Bright and uh,
3: Dana Dingle I think was on that team.
1: good call yeah so
0: was
3: that? Dana Dingle I think was on that team yes wow Marcus Camby yeah he was the big star and they had basically had a starting 5 and not much else that was in the second round they beat St. Louis in the first round E Claggett no H Waldman and Erwin Claggett were two <laughs> players for St the St. Louis Billikins do you remember I them? remember those guys yes Merrill was the I 10 down in
2: my little sporting news preseason magazine that I would read through like it was the bible or something I mean like you know just devour it i mean there was no internet yeah Reading those magazines over and over
3: again. I had them. And they beat St. Louis. Then they beat Massachusetts UMass on the back of Mario Lucas in a barrage of three pointers out of nowhere. It was amazing.
1: Mario Lucas, the original three and D. That and then they was... lost
3: two in, in the Sweet 16. They lost to the Fab Five on their way to the national title game where they lost to, I don't remember if that was UNC or Duke here, but. UNC. That was,
1: was the timeout U- game.
3: Okay, yeah. So th- those were those were really good times. That was really great. Joe Smith, man. If they haven't had a player like him since, I don't think.
1: But well, it's, fu- it's funny.
2: Like, poor man's version of him. Um, they definitely haven't had a big man like him since.
3: Juan is the closest because he was. Uh, borderline first team all-american i think he made some of the what did he make all of them or just some joe was national player of the year
2: He francis
3: that yeah oh yeah okay yeah
1: yeah was francis a first okay.
3: teamer yeah i think so might have been second
2: i don't remember for sure but he was the second pick in the yeah
1: draft. i mean juan was a first teamer and then, you know, that was the, that was the year where um, Juan won ACC player of the year when Jason Williams won national player of the year. But um, I'm pretty sure they yes. we were both first teamers.
3: That's right. I remember. Yeah. That and everybody was so upset. Mr. Dwayne Simpkins is joining us right here. Let's let him in.
1: Oh.
0: We see his office. Ah, oh, there he is. <laughs> Mr. Dwayne du- Simpkins, how you doing? Doing well, fellas. How you guys? I'm, I apologize, man. We just finished up recruiting Zoom back to back, so uh a few commit? minutes later. I apologize. You gonna commit? Uh no, nah, not yet, not yet, not yet. We uh, you can working take it here. We, we planted the seed. Okay.
3: <laughs> Don't steal all anybody about from planting
0: seeds, man. It's all about planting seeds. Then you gotta water it. Then you see what happens. But transfer report is pretty interesting. So these things happen much quicker than normal. Okay. You're not messing with any
3: Maryland recruits. Stay away.
0: We'll- I love Daryl Morcel. I had Daryl <laughs> Morcel on campus for an unofficial visit before he Wait went a... to uh, Pennsylvania, was it? Um, and he went there. And my coach is like at the time, my coach like uh say like, simp, uh he's good, but you know, I'm like, okay. He goes to Pennsylvania, he's playing with a small point guard the week before. So Daryl's playing like two guards. Regard, guard, whatever. He's playing off the ball. And the point guard gets a late, he's he's a late add to uh, Drexel. He ends up going to Drexel. So the following oh, week, Darryl, he's got the ball in his hands. And it was just a matter of time. My, my coach called me. I was at another location. He said, hey, man, we can't get Darryl Marcel. I was like, why? It's too good. I was like, yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> I told you that a month ago,
0: right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So how you guys doing?
3: We're doing good. And I just, something just clicked for me. Daryl Morseau entered the transfer portal today. You ain't messing with him, are you?
0: i to see, <laughs> see if he called me yet. No, not, no, no calls yet. <laughs> All right. It's fluid, man. It's fluid. Who you knows what could happen? It's 1,200 so, of them out there, so who, who knows?
3: <laughs> uh, yeah, that's crazy. It's going to be weird next year. Every roster completely different. So, yeah. Dwayne, you just went through a little change at George Mason. You went from assistant coach to associate head coach. Is that correct? <laughs>
0: uh, other way around. I was associate last year with the with my, my former boss, uh, okay. Eddie Paulson. He was a great guy. Uh, was let go a couple of weeks ago. And uh, you know this this business is crazy, man. Uh, Kim English yep. came on board and um, wanted to retain me and everything. And obviously, um, you know he and Coach Felton, uh, who's a great guy, uh, was. Three times he's been a head coach. Been in been in the business for a long time. They they're really good friends. They go way back. He was given that title before he got the job. So uh, I'm I'm ecstatic just to be on on board, man. The title's cool, but at the end of the day, it's the work that matters the most. So what's the the
3: difference? Is it just nominal? Is it a title money? Do you have different? Uh,
0: a, a little a little bit of both, and and philosophically, all coaches are a little bit different. Some guys will make that guy the uh, give him that title and. There's absolutely no, 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 no uh, difference in responsibilities and what have you. Um, you know, for me, it's it's, it's pretty much going to be the same. I mean, my recruiting uh, responsibilities are, are going to be the same. Um, I still have some other ancillary responsibilities that I do. I'm, I'm a part of the diversity and, uh, and inclusion committee here at George Mason, which I take a lot of pride in. Um, and then, you know, on the court, you know, I work with the guards. Uh, I do a third of the scouts. Uh, so nothing else changes outside of that, man. I think it just it, optically it gives it gives you a leg up when it comes time for some head co- coaching opportunities. But you know, Kim Mingle is the guy I'm working for right now. I mean he was the third assistant at Tennessee and <laughs> here he is in George Mason. So he wasn't the associate coach.
2: So, Dwayne, um you know obviously you had a great career in Maryland. Everybody remembers what you did there and you're in your local still obviously. So how much attention do you pay to the terps? Currently, obviously, you have a million things going on with your recruiting and your team, but how much uh, attention do you pay? What do you think about just the season they've had and the program right now?
0: Yeah, I um, in the past, I haven't been able to watch as much unless I record it and go back and watch it. Uh, obviously, follow the stats and everything. This past year was different because I didn't I didn't have to go recruiting, like, physically out of my house and everything. So I got a chance to watch them a whole lot more. Um I honestly thought, and I actually uh, shot Coach Turgeon in a text um, at the conclusion of the season. I actually thought that this was – this might have been his best coaching job overall. I really, really 100% believe that. Um, they had a certain style of play early on, and it takes a lot, man, for a coach to, you know, midstream, take a step back, self-e- self-evaluate your program and say, hey, we've got to tweak this. we got to tweak this. We're going to shorten our rotation – we're going to play a little bit slower because our rotation has been been shortened. We're going to be a little bit more compact and not get so spread out defensively. Um, I thought he did a tremendous job this year. I, I, I really do. And and without a quote unquote true point guard, I mean, that was that was pretty pretty good, man. Uh, and I thought down the stretch they were one of the best defensive teams uh, in college basketball. I really did.
1: Hey, Dwayne! I've got uh, two questions for you. The first one is: uh, Is Damatha a great high school or the greatest high school?
0: Come on, man! You're asking a Damatha guy. What do you think my answer is going to be,
1: man? Class of '98, man! I'm with you. I uh, uh, okay. Just got to get it on tape. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I loved it. My, my second question: You you talked about a little bit when we started getting going. It's the wild west out there with the transfer portal, and you've got you know guys potentially having taken six years. You've got, you know, the being able to transfer without uh, sitting a year, all this stuff with recruiting. What is it like for you guys as coaches trying to build a roster with all this crazy stuff going on?
0: Well, you know, it's, it's a double edged sword. One, because, um, you know, like we got three kids who are in the transfer portal right now. Um, one was rookie of the year this past year. Another one was the third team all conference guy. Um, another one who is, uh, from Paul, the six big fella played with team takeover. He actually just announced yesterday, that he's coming back. So on, on one hand, you, you, you like, Hey, you don't want to lose those guys, but on the flip side, I mean, you got 1200 other kids in the portal, you know, and obviously you don't want to, you can't go after all of them. They all don't fit your, um, you know, what, what you may be looking for, but at the same time, if you do enough research and everything, I mean, there's you can have some combinations of different players that gives your team a little bit of a different look um, as opposed to going the direct route of of high school and hoping the kid develops over the course of a year or two and everything. I mean, you know, coach Turgeon I think has done a hell of a job so far, you know, getting big Q from Georgetown and Fats Russell from Rhode Island is a, um, are two great pickups and, you know, a lot changes within 24 hours, you know, two years, two days ago, people talk about firing a guy and, you know, now today it's like, Oh man, we could be top 10 in the country next year. So (laughs) Dwayne, I want to
3: ask you about two games from your playing career, two of my favorite games ever. I was young at the time. I'm about the same age as you, but I was watching the team, and, and it was coming on the back of the death penalty that Maryland received. And we, when you were on a bunch of years ago, we talked about how your class was the first one to come in. And I was at the game your freshman year against Louisville, and they came in, and I think they were ranked. Clifford Rogier was there, who was a big out prospect and you guys beat them so that's one game and and i remember at the time thinking wow the corners turned and then the rest of the year went really bad but then the second game was the year after that around thanksgiving time against against
0: georgetown
3: and your layup with three seconds to go, over the outstretched arm of Othella Harrington.
0: I was about to say, man, you, got, you you got to give it more respect. That was that was more than a layup. It was like I just laid it in. Man, I had to go over top of damn Don Reed, man. Was <laughs> yes, yes, that. Sure. that was true. That was a little bit of a
3: play in the to,
0: NBA for
3: a while. those games, and that one was the true turning point, and that launch that was the launching pad for the program, not only for your team, but all the way through the national title. What do you remember about those two games? Because those two seem to be the biggest kind of turning points after the death penalty. And you had a major part in both of those.
0: Yeah, that man, It's funny. You brought up that Louisville game. It just, I just had flashbacks. Um, I don't know if, we, if, if, um, Kevin McClint was in foul trouble, whatever, but I remember I, that was my best game up until that point as a freshman, it might've been my best game my, my whole freshman year, but I just remember looking up and I was in the game late in the game, you know, that year I was averaging 11, 12 uh, minutes a game. And, um, You know, rightfully so. In in retrospect, putting my coach's hat on now, I wasn't strong enough. Um, You know, I I didn't take care of the ball well enough. I didn't shoot it well enough. Um, But during that game, I remember specifically there was an action that they ran um, where the ball had to get reversed to the guard up top and then get the ball to the other side and get like a cross screen on the baseline. And I just intuitively, as the game went on, and I was in a good enough rhythm, I knew that, hey, if I can deny this guy from getting the ball up top, it's going to disrupt their play. And it wasn't on a scout report, but, like, it was just something that I, I intuitively uh, just did because that wasn't necessarily our, our defense, like, really getting up in pass lanes and making guys go back door and stuff. But, like, I just remembered that, and I was like, man, I can play at this level, right, and, you know, just from a mental standpoint. And then, obviously, the Georgetown game, man, I mean, it speaks for itself. I mean, I know a lot of people say that, you know, that game kind of, propelled the Maryland program but man there was a lot of there were a lot of really good players that that were with me that came after me they helped kind of bridge that gap between uh you know that era and then the national championship and everything but uh but yeah it was man having Joe Smith definitely helped uh who was a freshman his very first college game Keith Booth who uh uh, he and I played AU basketball together uh him being there and then you know, guys that got their tails kicked the year before that had a chip on their shoulder, myself and X-Ray Hip, and Johnny Rhodes, uh, Mario Lucas. I mean, our freshman year, man, that was, it was tough. You know, we picked last. I think we finished last. Uh, so, you know, it, it was, there were a lot of really good players, man, that, that, that were involved between that era and then obviously the National Championship game.
2: So Joe Smith was rated, I think, number 40 in the country. People were talking more about, uh, Keith Booth I think who obviously was a great player in his own right but and then it just it just happened overnight where this guy was just a superstar when did you guys know coming into the season after practices like when this freshman is going to be one of the best players in, in the country or was there a moment where I was like whoa we we have a phenomenon on our hands
0: yeah it was uh I tell this story to people man uh, we had um the incumbent center that year was a guy Nemia Petrovic, um, you know, there were five guys in my class, and Nemia was a big man, European kid, could stretch it, could shoot it pretty good, wasn't the most athletic, but like high IQ. And, um, you know, back then, we, the coaches couldn't work with us like they can now in the offseason. We had to wait until October 15th. So the thing that we did in preseason, we played pickup and, and played pickup ball until we you know, October 15th came. Well, the very first, first pickup game that we had as a collective group For that team, it was a Sunday night and, uh, you know, I had seen Joe shoot around and stuff, but it wasn't like we had Twitter. You just pull up his, his, you know, his uh, videos and stuff. Um, And Joe put on a clinic. I mean, an absolute clinic for an hour and a half or whatever pickup basketball. I mean, destroyed Nimia, just flat out destroyed him. And the next day I come in from class, it's like three o'clock, three thirty. And I walk into my suite, and uh, I can't remember who it was. He's like, hey, man, you hear about Nemenya? I'm like, you know, what happened? And they were like, Nemenya's transferring. <laughs> <laughs>
2: just like that.
0: <laughs> Less than 24 hours later. I mean, he, he knew, like, I can be on this team, but I'm going to be a backup. And But it became apparent from that point, point. and then as we started to go through preseason practice, and it was like, whoa, like, he's not good. Like, he's, he's special. Yeah, and it was it it was cool to see everybody kind of understand it. Nobody fought it. It was like, if the shot clock's going down, hey Joe, where are you? Go to work. We're going to play off of you. They're going to double team. We kick it out. We get a jump shot. One more, whatever. But no, it it didn't take long at all. He 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 was he was good from day one.
1: Man, I don't want to feel like I'm bringing down the fun here, but uh, this is important. I wanted to talk to you about Uh, on the football side. uh, Mike Loxley's been very. very involved in like uh, starting his organization for the National Coalition for Minority Football Coaches. There's been a lot of talk about uh, getting uh, Black and African-American and other people different uh, opportunities as assistant head coaches in college basketball, but it still seems to be a really low number, especially given the number of black players that are in the average, you know, the average black players in the in college basketball. What do you think can be done to increase uh, the awareness of this issue, giving uh, former players more opportunity? Um, you know, what do you think can be done on the college basketball side, kind of similar to what you feel like you're seeing on the football side?
0: Um, I think, um Yeah, I think it's, it's been acknowledged to some degree. Um, you know, for instance, the uh, interesting, interesting stat in the power five conferences, um, they're like 19, 18% of the head coaches are minorities, right? Um, obviously that's a disproportionate number. Um, I think the main thing, the way that things work in terms of the hiring process, um, they don't bode well for someone who uh, who looks like myself. And what I mean by that is you have you have different layers do- during this process. You have the uh, the search firms, right? These universities and colleges, they'll spend one hundred thousand dollars to get search firm A to run the search for their their basketball coach, or football coach. They're gonna they're gonna compile their list. They and they have a list. If anybody says, "Oh," they, 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 they say they don't have a list. They have a list, mm-hmm. right? They have a list that, and they say, "Hey, we have a list that fits this profile." The University of Maryland. They want to recruit a, whether it be a former head coach or, hey, they want to recruit a up and coming uh, assistant coach. We want that person to be from the Mid Atlantic uh, region or whatever the case may be. But they have a list, and on that list, you know, in, in, in traditionally. There may be ten coaches, two of them may be African American. Uh, once you get on campus, the search the search committee on that campus, uh, it could be the board of trustees. Board of trustees don't look like, they're not a bunch of people that look like me. They don't have board of trustees, right? Uh, so quite often these decisions are made by people who uh, they want to have a comfort level, and rightfully so, they want to have a comfort level with someone who they say I feel comfortable with this person. I feel comfortable with this person being a person that I can put in front of our constituents, whether it be donors and administration, and I feel comfortable with that. Um, And I think we're we're starting to get to that point. I think, you uh, you know, Kim English being hired at George Mason, uh, the guy who just was an assistant coach at Xavier, who's now the head coach at Minnesota. Um, Jacksonville just hired an assistant coach, uh, a head coach who was an assistant coach at Florida. Uh, A number of minority powers have been made recently, which is which is pretty cool to see. Um, And again, it it just I just hope and pray that it gets to the point where people people say, hey, we're going to actually get viable candidates and we're going to judge them across the board on their merit, regardless of anything else. And I think we're getting to that point, but we still got a long way to go. Okay,
3: Dwayne, when we have people on the show. We always end it by playing fill in the blank. I'm going to ask you five rapid fire questions. Oh, shucks. The first thing that comes to your mind. Here we go. The best decade for Maryland basketball was?
0: Everybody's going to expect to say like the 2000s, because that's when you won the national championship, right? But for me, it was was the 80s. The 80s? Yeah. I thought he was going to
2: say the 90s. Yeah, I thought he was going with
0: the 90s.
3: And,
2: and I'm, I like, I'm I'm gonna take, I'm would take
0: myself out of it, but like, dude, like watching Lynn buys and watching Keith Gatlin and like, dude, for me, that was like, that's what made me want to go to Maryland. And Walt. Of course. Well, yeah. Hey, that's, well uh, he, yeah, that's late eighties, right? Yep. Yeah. Crossing into right? the nineties. Okay. He yeah. A little bit in
3: the, yeah, we had Lenny Elmore on last week and he said the seventies, of course. So of course for him, sure right. you would say the nineties. <laughs> Yeah, so I just was going to play you guys. Again. I thought
1: you were going to say the 90s, and I was going to fight for you, man. I was going to back it up, and <laughs> no. now i got nothing to say.
3: 90s were good. Tournament every year. Yeah. The best player you ever saw in high school was?
0: Jason Kidd.
3: Ooh, good one. If Maryland and George Mason played 10 times, the number of wins for George Mason would be?
0: Five. How about that?
3: I knew that was coming. Okay. okay. That's very political, Dwayne. I respect it. <laughs> the, I next respect ma- it. the next of basketball player that will play for Maryland will be.
1: <laughs> Give, me well, you
0: what. Give me
1: some hope, Dwayne.
0: <laughs> I tell you what, you guys, they, they just offered a kid that I I love. I've been I've been recruited, so I'm not gonna say him. But I tell you what, they gotta make their way down to uh um, down to Hydesville, because that freshman class that they have are going to be seeing sophomores are loaded, loaded. My son goes to DeMatha. I'm, I'm over there quite a bit, and I see those kids. I'm like, man, that, that. So one of those three, four kids that are going to be sophomores. Yes, one of those guys.
3: Okay. I'm going to hold you to that. The-
0: <laughs> I got nothing to do with it. I mean, Make I, it happen, I'm not, on, I'm not on the staff. You can't do that on me. <laughs> Wayne,
3: come on, it's all you. We'll you take promised- the vibes. Dwayne promised us three freshmen from DeMatha. Let's go. Point guard in Maryland history was. Say that again. The best point guard in Maryland history.
0: <laughs> John Lucas, man. Yeah. Come on, bro. I mean, Yeah,
3: it's hard to argue that. That's the correct answer. It number
0: is one correct. tennis player and high school, yeah, uh, and college, college player. Come on. That's, that's, that's special.
3: I, I will accept honorable mentions for Steve Blake.
0: No, Steve was awesome, too. No doubt about yeah, it. I and at the that. bottom oh, well, of that list, like near the bottom bottom, you got Dwayne Simpkins, too, if I can say that.
2: I Well. You're on the list for sure, man. Nowhere near the bottom. We've
0: had some really good point guards come out of this program, man.
3: Was Gravis Vasquez a point guard?
0: He was yeah, a player. Yeah, he was a point guard, but he was a player. Okay. Well, then yeah. you're fourth. <laughs> Thanks, Lawrence. I appreciate it. <laughs> I'm
1: good. Appreciate yeah. it. Now, gra- now Gravis is off the list. He was a, he was a shooting guard. Now you yeah. plaque is in the mail, Dwayne. The
0: plaque is in the mail.
3: <laughs> hey, one other thing I wanted to bring up to you: Were you around when when they were doing the BBNT, or was that after you?
0: No, I was I was around. We uh, okay. What did we lose? We lost the GW. I think a lot. Those guys were such tournament. a pain. I mean, the that blood. was the reason why Gary wanted to stop playing. It was like like. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> we we may lose a GW, and everybody's going to say, oh, you guys suck, and he didn't like that, so we, we kind of stopped playing.
3: Yeah. That was so, a pretty
0: cool event, though.
3: I wanted to ask you, what how cool would it be to have a local tournament of maybe – if it was four teams, it could be Maryland, George Mason, Georgetown, GW. If you wanted to make it eight, you could bring in Cobb, UMBC, Towson, and American or something like that, and have a DMV tournament every year preseason. How cool would that be?
0: It would be extremely cool. It really would be. Um, but now that I'm on this side and and I, I understand the, uh, you know, the, the, the business standpoint of it and everything, you know, Maryland, Maryland says, Hey, what do we get out of beating, you know, George Mason? Uh, uh, if we win, everybody's going to say, Oh, you should win. It doesn't help our, our net rating or, or what have you. And if we lose, we will get crucified. Right. You know, um, and unfortunately, you that's just
1: everything to lose.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And then when you talk about this, the, the net rating uh, rankings and everything, I mean, you start putting all these quantitative analytics and what have you. And they say, hey, is George Mason a viable candidate candidate to play? Now, it's different if we were to come off of a year where, you know, we were a, a nine seed and we won a, we won one game in the tournament. And then the next year we go into it. You know, our net ranking is top 35, top 50. What well, Maryland may say, OK, you know what? Maybe we'll do that. There's a possibility if we do it on our on our own turf. We're not going to do it in neutral site, right? right. But those are that. Those are all parts of, of scheduling, man. Scheduling in college college basketball in particular is, um, you know, it's a science to it, man. It, it really is. You want to put yourself in the best position, especially if you're team, coming from a league like ours. Like we may get three teams, four in a, in a really good year. You know, we we got to do the best we can in terms of our scheduling non-conference in order to put ourselves in position to uh to get at large bids. It just would be so fun. It would, man, no doubt about it.
3: We got Juan up at Coppin. We got you at George Mason. You guys know Terj, obviously, See Maryland. Make it happen, man.
0: Well, at the very least, Georgetown should play Maryland. The at the very least,
3: Georgetown We're should play Maryland. The kids to Maryland.
2: Hook
0: up this whole tournament. Yes, but, yeah, yeah. What's just make all,
1: just make all that stuff happen.
0: Yeah, <laughs> fine. Dwayne, you are have you, two. Are you guys paying me? But like, damn, I'm doing a whole lot of work.
3: <laughs> no, we're not, we're not paying you, but you have two action items. One, bring the entire DeMatha freshman class to Maryland. <laughs> two, get the local tournament, annual local tournament started every year. There you go. And hey,
1: then man. we'll send that uh, third place uh, best
0: point guard plaque to your
1: <laughs> <laughs> we We're not going to count Gravis.
0: And because yeah, because I love Merlin so much, I, I I'll take that. I'm good with
1: it. I don't know.
3: I forgot about Keith Gatlin, man. He's yeah. a tough, tough yeah, one. To stop, stop trying to demote him, Larry. Just
1: just <laughs> let him have oh, the black, wow. man. Let him have the black. It's a great
3: black. M- Melo Trimble, that's a good one.
1: I mean, sir.
0: Oh damn, oh. come on, man. Anthony Cowan. I'm just like <laughs> I'll take top ten now. It was top five, I would say. T- I'll take top ten now. Hell ye so <laughs> Oh, like people? He wasn't a point guy. Oh,
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> well,
1: on that, uh, on that bright note, thanks, Dwayne. Come back again.
0: <laughs> we'll dem- we'll back demand world man. peace yeah. and
1: uh, solve- solving Israel, Palestine, and uh, fixing COVID and everything. Yeah. So
0: Hey, I, I want to give some kudos to Jeff. Jeff, you do a hell of a job, man, with all uh, your content and everything. Thank I don't, you. I don't subscribe. I'll, I'll, I'll be lying. I just I, I, I got to see what other people and try to glean the information from from that, man. But like, heard you on the radar. You do a hell of a job, man. Keep doing what you thank do. Thank you very
2: much. Thank you, Dwayne.
0: No doubt. Hey, Dwayne,
3: thank you for joining us and everybody who's watching or going to listen on the podcast. He is at Coach D Simpkins on Twitter. Give him a follow. One of the greatest Terps of
0: all time. Thank you for joining us, Dwayne. Yeah, you guys have a great night, man. really appreciate you guys. Yeah, Thank go you. Go kill it next year. All too. right. Thank you.
1: That was great. That was excellent. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. He did he a lot better. better. Amazing. Just crushing him. Just <laughs> yeah. crushing him. Yeah, I did. That was good. Like, he wasn't even there. It's just like, oh, let me think of some other good point <laughs> Oh, Gatlin was good. Ooh, Melo, yeah, yeah, he's better. Than Terrell, uh, Terrell Stokes, you can't yeah. forget
3: Terrell Stokes. I said Stokes. I, I
1: bet Buck uh, Bozy Boswell or Bozy Burger was working. a
3: point guard. Bozy
1: he was probably Bozy really was good. good. <laughs> you,
3: yeah. Bozy Burger, would probably rank above him.
1: Fucking Bozy Cheeseburger. I don't know
3: if you we were going to do point guard rankings. Maybe he was an all American, two-time All American. No, I'm
2: not. I'm not playing, playing against you and me at that stage. Probably yeah. like
3: no. I understand. You can't compare. You're just. Right. We talked about this. It's like is is Tiger better than Jack Nicholas? Yeah. So are about a hundred other golfers. But at the time, playing under the conditions he played under, he dominated his sport more than Tiger did, right? So or or equivalent anyway. So that's how you have to argue it.
1: It's just the disrespect, man. I no love it.
3: Come on, it was all in all in good fun. I gave him <laughs> tons of props. Come on. Are you kidding? That's fair credit for turning the entire program around
1: <laughs> before that that's fair that's fair now we have to now we have to do the yes
2: we're, we're you're rolling with the guests lately there i gotta give it to you you're yeah on fire
3: yeah well i i told you guys i sent out a bunch of i'm not going to say to the listeners who i've been attempting to get
1: well he's he's got the level of shamelessness that's required to really just dig deep into someone's soul and convince them to pop on. I'm impressed. I don't have it. I can't do it.
3: Yeah, well. (laughs) Ivanhoe Martin in the chat room said, there aren't 100 golfers better than Jack. Come on, Larry. Bullshit. I think there might
1: be, really. Like, if you compared. Dude, like, Harold Varner would, like, show up to, like, you know, Augusta in, like, 1968 and kick Jack Nicklaus's ass. I I think so. Like, but that's.
3: You can't compare across – you, yeah, you can't do it. The only way to do it is to say how dominant were they at their time and the conditions they played, again, played in and the people they played against and how dominant were they in that period. Yep. And so it's going to be a continual – it's always a debate. But.
1: And there are right people and there are wrong people, and you're one of the wrong people and we're the right people. Do End you know of story. That?
3: Ivanhoe Martin, did you hear that? He just called you out.
1: Wrong. You are wrong.
3: <laughs> I, I think there might be, I don't know. <laughs> Jeff left us. I was just going to switch it to. We, we were going to Turgeon and Jeff's like, fuck this, I'm out. <laughs> absolute insanity. I'm, I'm done. Maryland basketball the last week. One day when we find out there's going to be an extension and everyone talking about boycotting the program, the following day, Two monster transfers, Kudus Wahab and Fats Russell. Two great names, by the way. They're
1: going to Fantastic be- Fantastic names.
3: Yeah, great names. Wahab, a 6'11 center from Georgetown. Transfer from Georgetown in Maryland. Now imagine if they played, how good that'd be. Yeah. Fats Russell, 5'10 point guard from Rhode Island. Both highly sought after, both filling needs, and all of a sudden, go from a team that might miss the tournament if certain people leave the program to now,
1: if certain people come back, you might be in the top 10. It's stunning. I and mean, it's stunning. I mean, turds is just turds is like, I mean, there were like realistic, we don't know exactly what happened or what has happened. there's been no signing of, it, of an extension. I'm um, just, Jeff, Jeff and give it lay it out for us in a minute, but I mean, it's just fascinating watching him go, go from like potentially losing his job to just, swinging his big dick around the transfer portal. Like, <laughs> just swinging it around. Just like, yeah, I'm going to get that guy, and I'm going to get that guy, and I don't even know if I got a contract yet. Whatever. It's I mean, knocking it's...
2: Over everybody else in the portal is just all
1: getting... It's nice. fascinating. It's Rook- faci- I mean, it's, I'm, fa- I'm dumbfounded by it, but, you know, like I said, whatever you think about Turge, you know, if you think he's going to underachieve, you'd rather him underachieve with a good team than a bad team, and he looks like he's going to have a good team. So great
3: but real quick jeff is the extension it's not finalized or is it it's not
2: publicly finalized i have a freedom freedom of information request in which is how i always as soon as the deal seems like it's getting done you know that's how we get the the contract and i haven't gotten a response nothing's been announced publicly so i think it's a foregone conclusion i'm 99 percent sure all the terms are done and everything i think it's just a matter of, you know, maybe signing on the bottom, signing on the dotted line at this point. I don't think it's going to like fall through or they're still negotiating or anything like
3: that. And an extremely team friendly extension you're hearing, right? Or weird I think so. The question is the buyout. It's always the buyout, but especially the
2: buyout right now where it's everybody's still in kind of that, uh, if this year doesn't go well phase, we better have some flexibility so that's the big question, you know. After this season, he'll have three million left on the buyout. So, are you adding anything to that? Right. You know, are you adding say two hundred grand per year of this new extension, or is it basically nothing? Which, in which case, this would just be like almost a tryout year. I doubt that Turgeon would give up that much security to where he's still just effectively coaching for his job for this year. But I also don't think Damon Evans was in any mood or mindset to you know double that buyout because then you're still at the same point that you were this year when you couldn't have moved on if you wanted
1: it does seem very odd to offer turge a big buyout if if you're Damon Evans and we suppose based on what's been reported and and various things um, that he's not a huge Turgeon fan. And Turgeon seems to have gone out of his way to make it clear he's not interested in other jobs. He certainly hasn't done the whole, you know, you know, leaking information that he's looking into the Oklahoma job as a way to try and get himself a new contract or better leverage or whatever. So, I mean, the whole point of a buyout is to keep a coach from leaving. So I don't know why you would give him much of an extra buyout at all for a guy who's made it pretty clear, he's not interested in going anywhere. And he certainly doesn't seem like in a lot of demand.
2: Yeah. That's been a big topic of discussion on the site, on the message board is what are we giving him? You know, cause so many people wanted to see a move. They don't want to be stuck without being able to make a move again year after year. I agree with you, Paul. I don't think probably have to give him some security as a token thing, you know, cause otherwise kind of what's the point on his end. But I I can't imagine it's going to be enough to, you know, disable you from being able to do something in a year or two years or whatever, you know, it, it, I'm guessing it'll come out tomorrow. If not definitely this week, but maybe
3: tomorrow. I feel like this means two more years of Tersian because if you give them a little more, even if it's 500,000 something and you got an extra two or three years on the contract, you go from 6 million to four and a half million or four, four and a half million. That's still a lot. It's still.
2: But you're also buying time because next year you're hoping that you haven't lost 40 million bucks because of COVID. So you're making a lot more money next year trying to dig out of that hole of that, that COVID and all these facilities, projects and all this stuff. They had to pay Jordan McNair's family, five, three and a half million. They paid, you know, I think they're still probably still paying pay-
1: DJ Durkin something.
2: Durkin buyout. I think that when you included staff was over 10 million. So there's also an <laughs> expectation that they you'll have a lot more money on hand in the future than you do now, just because of all those circumstances.
3: And so, so he, the extension conceivably happens, we think, and you get the point guard and the center now you've got these wing players all up in the air. Scott, oh sorry, Dante Scott's confirmed he'll be back, but Eric Ayala, Aaron Wiggins, and maybe Daryl Morel now. Crazy news with him. Wild. What about those three.
2: Yeah, I mean Dor- Morel, I think is just about gone. He threw in there that he could come back. He's leaving, you know, leaving open the option to come back. That seems like kind of a nicety. To me, you know, trying to let him down softly, break up, move. But, but that's a big one. But it's not as big because, you know, nobody was expecting him bad. It's more big just because it's probably going to hurt to watch him play elsewhere and think George Mason. Year. You never know. Apparently he hasn't called Dwayne Simpkins yet. We can confirm, <laughs> right? Well, maybe we not can make that, that
1: happen. I don't
3: know. <laughs> not that he would say on the air anyway.
2: Uh so, and then Wiggins and Ayala, there's no guarantee that either one of them will be back. I'll have more on that on the site really soon. So potentially you're needing to add four, three to four pieces more in the portal, I would say. Once those transfers, you know, you assume, I think a Quan Smart will transfer. So that'll open up another spot. Um, so they need wing, they need guards, wings, and maybe another big man. And I know Turgeon wants another point guard too. If, 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 uh, Sparta, he's not that was playing, but you still need another point guard. So he's got to get at least three more players, I would say, when it's all said and done. I
3: mean, if Ayala and Hart are there, that's enough behind. If Fats Russell is your starting point guard, those two as backup point guards is pretty good, I'd say.
2: I don't think Hart is really a point guard though. That was just kind of a in case of emergency deal. I mean, he did it. He did a respectable job.
3: But Ayala is, and then Hart is a number three point guard. Is pretty good.
2: Well, I think Ayala would probably be your shooting guard, though. But but as, as a fact But he can't play all 40 minutes, so he can't play shooting guard full-time and back up the point guard. Right. So he's the backup behind those guys. You're
1: assuming Wiggins is gone, so you still need somebody to play the two also. I mean, that's where and that you need at least falls one apart.
2: You probably – when it's all said and done, depending on who leaves, there's a good chance you need a – Another point guard, a, a scorer at guard or wing, and another big man, because Wahab is that was a huge addition. But you still don't have a backup center unless Galen Smith decides to come back. I haven't heard any talk that he is. Who knows? I think he'd be a serviceable backup. He already great you know, backup. Yeah, he's he's you know he's not bad, and he knows the, the system and everything. And uh, but I, I have no idea if he will. If he doesn't, I don't think Julian Reese is ready to do a lot next year you can't really rely that rely on him he's going to need some time from everything i've heard uh and then james graham is more of a three slash four than a four slash five kind of like dante scott so you probably need a big man a guard a big big man a scorer and a point guard when it's all said and done potentially there's a lot of options though i mean we were talking about it a few weeks ago you said um i think you said Jeff Goodman or someone had said 700, and I said, I bet it's even more than that. And literally two days later, they were like, it's over 1,000 players. I was like, oh, my God.
3: And Dwayne just said 1,200.
2: Yeah, and a lot of those kids are going to get left out in the cold and end up having to go to, like, D2. Right. uh, It's good for Maryland's purposes as long as they don't lose more guys to it.
1: Well, I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they lose someone they're not expecting to. It seems like it happens every year year in you know, like last year they lindo. I don't think they expected to lose a lindo. Um, like I wouldn't be surprised if like Hamilton or somebody decided to bolt just randomly. You certainly hope not, but you can't count on keeping anybody around at this point unless they've actively said they're coming back. So no. I mean, there could be a lot more roster movement than we even expect.
2: Or even um, staff movement, you never know.
1: Right. And then you know, and that's on top of whatever ayala Wiggins and Marcel trying to do I mean I feel like if you want this to be a complete if you want to start dreaming you definitely need at least two of those guys back you get all three of them back then you're talking a whole uh, different level top
2: five yeah I think I was I heard, I was told Jeff Goodman's gonna have Marilyn in his top five wow it's lofty stuff yeah. That's all dependent on Wiggins coming back.
1: Yeah, Wiggins you is a big piece. About it, you put
2: a, if you take Wiggins out, then you put a one before the five, I think.
1: Right. At least.
3: Yeah.
1: He's a big piece.
3: Has anything happened football-wise in the past week?
2: Uh, Spring practice. Is a... did we, did we? Terrence Lewis, ACL. That was what I was referring to last week when you asked He's me. Did, yeah. Yeah, he actually had suffered it like two years ago in high school. The kids been playing on a torn ACL forever and not even knowing it. Um, so he had surgery in January. It was just kept really quiet, and they're hoping that he'll play this season. But we shall no, see. It. It's really quiet.
3: Yeah, so Terrence Lewis, for those who don't know, is the number one commit in Maryland's very highly ranked
1: well, he was, um, you can see him in some of the photos. I think I think he did have this the surgery in January, right? Was that it? So, you know, that that makes the timeline a little more legit than what we were we were told beforehand about, you know, if he's having the surgery now, you're not going you're not gonna be, you know, like the Yudinsky thing. Like they're saying he's gonna have a surgery, you know, last week and he's gonna be back in August. I I don't buy that for a second. You have the surgery in January, maybe it's a yeah, more realistic months, a few more months yeah
3: yeah and it, it makes the Chance Campbell thing a little worse because oh,
2: they, they had a ridiculous load of talent at linebacker before Campbell and Lewis now they still have a good you know a good but it's less away from going from being how are we going to play all these guys to like rounding up some guys
3: yeah i do not have a non revs update today. Sorry, you, you can't make fun of the non revs update this week. I was very busy. I did not get a hold of wheels. I apologize, wheels. So effectively, Tragic. same as any other week.
1: Yeah. <laughs> can we just can we just play some silence for a minute and then we can just you know talk over it and make fun of it? it would uh, be the same.
3: Basically, the big thing is that the women lost. Did we talk about that last week? I can't remember if that was. When
1: yeah, the- I think we
3: yeah all their seniors came back though four what's that seniors, four
2: seniors coming back for a fifth yeah year. they're going
3: to be a top five team next year all and the lacrosse team looking really really good just pummeled
2: Never lose.
3: <laughs> at maryland stadium in front of a live crowd how about that
1: oh they're good there by the way i saw their um there's going to be tickets available for the spring game they're free but you do have to go on the Maryland site and claim them because they're having segregating seating and stuff, like to be you a know, pods of four or pods of two. So, like, you know, if you do want to go to the spring game, just make sure you hop on that site and pick out your tickets. You can get them what, now; They're free.
3: What's the date of the spring game?
1: 24th, maybe? Yeah, whatever the 21st that's.
3: or 24th. I think
2: the 21st, but I'm not positive.
1: Yeah, whatever that Saturday is.
3: So the 4th is a Saturday. Oh, sorry. Today's the fifth or third so 10 7 24th 24th so April 24th will be the spring game maybe I'll go to that that'd be a lot of fun
1: I'm going are you yeah man I got I got Pfizer number two yesterday so I'll be fully armored up by then
3: I have signed up and I just keep getting bypassed I don't know
1: why <laughs> sorry about your luck I have signed Bye. up
3: I'll still go and wear my mask <laughs> all right To finish out the show, I have over-under for you guys. You know how it works. I'll give you a number related to Maryland sports in some way, and you have to say over or under and explain. We'll start with Jeff. The ranking, the Maryland basketball team to start the 2021 season, over-under 20. Uh,
2: Under, I think they'll be. It's so hard to say because of what we just discussed, all those moving pieces. But I, I'll say they're going to be like around eleven. I'll put the over under at.
1: So what are we to intimate from that? That uh, right, just exactly. just just Ayala or Ayala and Wiggins. Sixty percent off your first year inside of oh, sports. Blow me
2: for uh, such detailed
3: <laughs> information on a daily basis. Yes, everyone, please. <laughs> everyone, please join. And get all that inside information. Find out who's coming back, who's not. Paul, the number of years Mark Turgeon will be Maryland's head coach over under one point five years.
1: Ooh, dastardly Lawrence! <laughs> um, he's, good. he's yeah, he's he's been on he's been on finally finally tuned tonight. Um, I would say over, but I think it's because it's going to be two years. I think next year's team might be too good to fire him afterward, if that makes sense.
3: OK, Jeff, and this is going to be really funny considering the conversation we had. Thinking of Dwayne Simpkins on the all-time point guard list at Maryland <laughs> under uh, fifth. Uh, I had it written before uh, the show. <laughs> under from the, just
2: judging from the guys we mentioned, I think he's probably fifth or sixth. You got Lucas, Blake, Gravis,
3: uh, who else did we say? Gatlin, Mellow, Cowan. Yeah. You want to count Bozy Burger, a two-time All-American point guard if you want to count him.
1: Uh, I mean, it's it's a longer list than you would think right yeah. off the top of your head. He was
3: great on our show. There's a chance he
2: could come back and work at Maryland at some point, in which I will be frequently communicating with him. So <laughs> say number two.
3: Number two. <laughs> okay. Behind respect the- it. Nice. I like it. I like it. I love Dwayne, so that's good. Favorite, terp, favorite point guard turp of all time, definitely. All right. The percentage of fans, Paul. The percentage of fans allowed in football games next season over, under fifty percent.
1: Uh push. I think it'll be fifty percent. I think this so. is not
3: over slash under slash
1: push. <laughs> what the hell? How is... am <laughs> I? Uh, <there. laughs> okay, uh, over. I lose. I don't know. I right. I, I think it's okay. going to be 50. Okay. You think it's
3: going to be 50? Yeah.
1: I think it's, maybe there's a chance if we really crush this thing. So there um, won't be any loss
3: that. in attendance numbers anyway, then? What's that? So there won't be any loss in attendance numbers anyway,
1: then? No, I think it'll be about, about normal. Yeah, well, well, there'll be a loss in the <laughs> away fans. We won't have as many oh, away yes. fans. Oh, so. yes. Yes,
3: that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, Jeff. The age at which you foresee retiring from covering Maryland sports over under 67. That's the retirement age, by the
2: way. Oh, my God. If I'm still doing this at 67, Jesus. <laughs> that's, that's what else bad. you going to do, man? Hopefully, if I'm doing it, like my son is running the site for me because he's already, like, super into sports and Maryland and everything. Uh, I've thought about that because when you get to a certain point, it gets a little weird calling, like, these 18-year-old dudes Asking for up, even as I've gotten into my early 40s, I've gone more toward calling their parents or coaches. So, I like sometimes I'll see these guys who are in their 50s and 60s doing it. I'm like, I feel like that's just, I don't know, I don't want to knock it when anybody's doing, but uh, yeah, I I better be retired before then from doing this. Maybe I'll still own it and have uh, somebody else running it, but uh, I I pray that it's under. Okay, I'll still be watching every game. Posting on the message boards, either
3: way. <laughs> All right, Paul. Paul, if you were independently wealthy and didn't have to work, the number of football games you'd go to every year, over under twelve point
0: five.
1: Ooh. Honestly, I would. I would still probably say under. Um, like I said before, like I love going to football games. Set when it's cold. Because that's there's a point where it's like, you know what? Not interested. So I think once once the once the, the weather turns in most places in like uh, October or November, I'm gonna, you know, be sitting in my giant man cave with a giant nice leather recliner and uh, being served by you know naked women and whatnot uh, and watching on TV, probably 13 different TVs, to be honest. Okay, I'm sorry that's boring. I know I'm like you know Mr. Tailgate Funtime guy, but uh, I don't do the cold man. That's why I really, I really don't do the cold when it's when it's like those Big Ten noon starts. That's when that's when I get uh, I'm out.
3: <laughs> Someone in the chat room also said that baseball had a winning weekend as well for the non revs report. There you go.
1: Sweet. I'm very excited. Go Swope.
3: I know you love it. All right. Well, that's a wrap, guys. Dwayne Simpkins. So fun. Good to have him on the show. Good interview with him.
1: It's never coming back, so I hope we enjoyed it.
3: <laughs> He'll come
1: back. He had fun. Come on. Are you kidding me? Larry's going to make him like 12th best point guard by the end of this thing. Okay. There's going to be a threat about it. No, he was he was great. No, that was fun. There's just been a
3: lot of great point guards. Have we? Did we have him on before? Yeah, we did.
1: I thought we did, but it, it's been
3: a long, long time. Yeah, we did, and he told us the story about how he almost quit because Gary. Oh, that's right. Was so hard on him. Yep. And they were one time I think on a plane coming back from a game, and they had lost, and they were all kind of laughing and joking around, and Gary just ripped them the shreds, and they sat in silence the rest. <laughs> I like feel like
2: there's, gonna, there's a good chance he's going to be on the staff in Maryland at some some point. I think he finds his way back.
1: It does feel like feel like that, that would make some sense, right?
2: He was uh, I think he was the runner up, or I, I mean, I pretty much know he was the runner up when they hired DeAndre Haynes. So hmm. I think there I think it was really good chance he could end
3: up back. That would be very very cool. Very Certainly
1: cool. says something about him uh, that Kim English kept him on. Uh, you know, with his local ties and stuff. Like that's that's not a thing that happens very often. So
3: all right, guys, good show. Thank you, everybody in the chat room. We had some good comments in there. P- people particularly didn't like it when I said that there are a hundred better golfers than Jack. They're crushing me in there for that. I don't know. I made it up. I'm not a <laughs> I could have said painters that could are better than Da Vinci, right? Whatever. You know what I mean? Like
1: I just that just got my wife upset.
3: If Da Vinci was the gas, you would have
2: been naming like forty-seven. Yeah,
1: be I mean, like, look, I mean, you're no Botticelli or you know Michelangelo. I mean, you know, I mean, how many hundreds of thousands? I mean, you know, there's you know there's uh, Giotto, there's El Greco, Durer. <laughs> I mean, I could just think of all these guys that are way better than you were, Leonardo. Was wait, was Rembrandt a point guard? <laughs>
2: yeah, uh,
3: <laughs> he had a no, great but- handle. Anybody could paint the Mona Lisa now. Anybody could do that, but he was <laughs> to do the shadows and the all this stuff, right? So, right at the time, that was the best. That's all I'm saying.
1: That's not that's, that's not the, a topic I. expected. That's the analogy. What's that? That's, that's not a topic I expected we'd wade into tonight, but here we are. So, <laughs> well, hey, the- hey, are, are, speaking of topics, Zags or Baylor tonight? Do you think Zags come back and crush them?
2: I like Baylor. I think Gonzaga. They had to expend a, lot of, a little bit, right? A lot of emotional energy and physical energy to, to come back and win that game. They might be a little drained. I, I like Baylor for the upset.
1: I'm not even watching. So, no, that's boring. I don't know. I I I I think Baylor's way closer on a talent level and uh and whatnot to to Gonzaga, even though everybody's been talking them up the whole year. Um, boy, I just don't know. I feel like they're gonna be they're gonna be tired, but uh, they pulled it off. And they're so good.
2: Uh, they're they're an all time great team.
1: They're really good. How
3: how did Baylor become this powerhouse athletic school out of nowhere? Yeah, but football was insane until they had that incident. The women's basketball team, the men's basketball team, ten years ago, they were nothing, and for decades they were nothing and then come out of nowhere, and they're dominant in everything now. You just got to hit on a few coaches, hit a couple home runs,
2: like they did with, with Scott Drew and um, football. Uh, who's the guy who ended up – got Art, game?
1: Art Bryles. Bryles,
2: and then Bryles. Um, and then they had a good hire after him. Jeez, I'm losing everybody.
3: The guy went oh, to the NFL. The guy from Temple now went yeah. to the NFL. Yeah, I can't remember his name either. Um That's bad, but anyways, you just got to hit on a couple
2: of uh, coaches and be willing to pour the money in. They did. They built a ridiculous football stadium, Uh,
3: so resources and good hires. Right now what we're doing is that last five-minute skit at the end of Saturday Night Live that fills out the last five minutes that everyone hates. and then
1: Nobody's watching after that last commercial break.
3: (laughs) Yeah, that's what we're doing right now. So we're going to end it. I don't know when we're going to be back. It is officially the off season now. Matt Rule. Matt Rule. There you go. Rule. It's officially the off season now. So we're probably not going to be going every week, maybe every other two to three. I don't know, we might be in the next few. Because there may be not up in the air right now. Okay. So we maybe the next few we'll see how it goes. Someone in the chat room said Matt Rule as well. They're behind us, so it's hard to know whether they got it in before you did, Jeff, or whether you cheated. No. Okay. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. Thank you, Dwayne Simpkins, for coming. It was great to have you. We will see you guys maybe next week, but we will make it known either way.